morning. How are we? Good. Good. It's good to be good. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Such a powerful statement and one with lasting connotations. But contrary to perhaps an initial reaction, this is not to be seen as an accusation, but is instead a statement of fact. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Love is such a prominent theme in John's Gospel. It involves choice, sacrifice, commitment, and divinity itself. It is the basis of our God. It is who Jesus is. And it is the basis of what he came to do. As the disciples love Jesus, they will keep his commandments. So also with us, as we love Jesus, we will more easily be able to follow the command to love. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Mark 12, verse 30. The first flows to the second. And I would dare to say that the second, most definitely, cannot be done well without the first. Without Jesus at the center of our lives, without love at the center of our lives, it is very easy to drift into other motivations for care, often very self-serving and selfish ones, without love at the center, without Jesus at the center. But we don't love alone. We don't attempt to do this by ourselves. We love with the one who is with us. And that's the beauty of our passage this morning, the one who is with us. Jesus was telling his disciples in this passage again, for this is not the first time that Jesus has told his disciples, that he would be leaving them. He would be going, going on. But he would ask the Father to send another in his stead, another to be with the disciples, that this other would be an advocate for them, to be with them forever, that the advocate would come and stand beside the disciples and as we learn further on, as we read, the Holy Spirit would come. And in the book of Acts, we would see the Holy Spirit empower the disciples to share the message of the gospel to the ends of the earth. And here we sit in Australia with the gospel. Thank God. Thank God. Well and truly. Stuart, over the last little while has been encouraging us uh, during his sermons with Greek words. Uh, he's been talking to us about Greek words from the text, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to have to continue this trend this morning. I have to do it. It helps us. It does help us. It gives us a greater breadth and understanding. So in that vein, here we go, We're going to learn a, a Greek word, and it is the word that is used most often for the Holy Spirit in the New Testament text, and it goes like this, parakletos. Everyone say it with me. Parakletos, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the advocate, the helper, the intercessor. This is how this word is translated, depending on the context. 
And it does mean an advocate in the legal sense, one who would stand for us in legal proceedings, like a lawyer would. It can also be translated, of course, as these other two, helper and intercessor. Someone who comes alongside, helps us, supports us, intercedes for us in our time of need. The first part of this word, para, reminds me immediately of a a number of words in our English language that come with para, and this one I like the most, parachute, parachute. The Holy Spirit is a parachute in many ways. It comes and supports and holds when we need it the most. Anyone ever jumped out of a plane? When they're like, yay, we got a couple in the room. You need a parachute. It's not going to end well if you don't. I can't help but thinking of the Holy Spirit working in this way. It enables us to see from a different perspective. The Holy Spirit enables us to see from a different perspective. Experience the world in a powerful way. The Holy Spirit enables us to have insight that we might not see from another angle. Just like if we were high in the sky. And importantly, a parachute helps us to avoid the deadly peril, the fall. This is the promise of Jesus to his disciples and to us as his disciples, if we are willing to see and receive it. The parakletos, the Holy Spirit, comes alongside. It holds, it advocates, it helps, and it intercedes. He intercedes. I think this is where it's important to pay very close attention to what actually Jesus says next in the text. He tells them that the parakletos, the Spirit of God, is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. I think this is really important. What does that mean? What does the Spirit of truth mean? Well, without going into full-blown lecture mode on the work and nature of the Holy Spirit, you've all got four hours, right? That's what we penciled in, Stuart? Four hours? This morning? Yes. (laughs) Without talking too long on the nature and work of the Holy Spirit, we know that Jesus explains in other passages, such as John 16, two chapters from where we are this morning, that the Holy Spirit leads into all truth. And this can be shown in a number of ways that we see in the New Testament including through the conviction of doing wrong. Conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's John 16, 8. The Spirit works in truth, in conviction. The Spirit works in truth through the sharing of the gospel message. Best demonstrated in the book of Acts, where they shared the message. People's hearts were turned, and they were changed forever. I dare say many in this room would have had that experience. The truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit works in truth in giving the right words to those that face persecution and difficulty. We see this in Matthew 10, 19. Jesus promised that those who came under persecution would be given the words to respond in the right time. The Spirit works in truth and helps us to be obedient to God. Just a little bit down from our passage this morning, the Spirit is said to remind us of the words and teachings of Jesus to remind us of the truth of the message of Jesus. This is how we are supported. We are supported by the parachute of truth. Jesus also adds that the world cannot receive this spirit of truth, not naturally. 
Not will not, but actually cannot. The work of the Spirit needs to be revealed. It needs to be revealed to us and spiritually discerned. That might sound very strange. The Apostle Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Spiritual things being spiritually understood. The eyes being opened to truth. I don't know if you've ever had that moment where you've got smacked across the face by truth. Um, I certainly have. Having young children does that to you. <laughs> the reality of truth. Um, I'm going to drift slightly off topic this morning. Please forgive me for a few moments. But um, sometimes kids come out with the most outrageous things. Um, but quite often, the truth of what they're saying can be powerful. My son is often telling me, Daddy, get off your phone. Yikes. Did it get warm in here? Uh... <laughs> truth. The power of truth. And the Holy Spirit works in that way also. But it does need to be revealed to us. It does need to be discerned spiritually. Jesus is clear also that this spirit is to be known. This spirit of truth is to be known. Actually known. Not known about. Known of. Actually known. As Jesus is to be known. And can be known. Because the spirit abides with us. And will be in us. Just as this promise to the disciples. Not just with, but in. And commentators talk about this uh, in, in many different commentaries, about knowing the Spirit as the Spirit is not with us alone, but as the Holy Spirit is in us as we accept Jesus Christ by faith. The seal of redemption, the Holy Spirit. When we, by faith, receive Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. And talking of Jesus, who we receive by faith, John, in his gospel, is actually very explicit. Amongst all the, the gospel writers, he's, he's quite explicit when he talks about Jesus and when he talks about the other aspects of the Trinity, between Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father. He's very distinct. He does define these categories. And it happens here in this passage. We see it quite clearly. To this point, we have been pretty much just talking about the Paracletos, the Holy Spirit. But now we see the interplay of Jesus and the Spirit and the Father and how they are interconnected. Jesus' words about not leaving the disciples orphaned are distinctly about him, about Jesus, not leaving the disciples orphaned. But he will return to them. Jesus will return to them. And he says, because I will live, you will live. Because he lives, I will live. Now I'm going to give you a precursor here. I'm going to yell a little bit. He lives! Yes, he lives. He lives. This is amazing, incredible. The joy of the gospel is that Jesus lives. And because he lives, we can live also. Now and for eternity, he lives. Sometimes in church we don't talk about this enough. We don't take enough stock. Except for perhaps at Easter, which is where we're coming up to at the moment. Jesus lives because the Spirit raised him from the grave and gave him newness of life. And so we can have newness of life through Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. That as Jesus is in the Father and we in him and the Holy Spirit is in us, we are made right with God and empowered to live as disciples in obedience and love. This is beautiful. As we come 
to the end this morning. Not preaching for long, I promise. We come full circle back to where we started in our first verse. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Except this time in verse 21, it is phrased just a teensy little bit different, but the substance is still very much the same. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Those who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Obedience to Christ is a true sign that we do love him. We do this with the help of the Holy Spirit. If we love Jesus, we are told the Father will love us, and Jesus will continue to reveal himself to us once again by the one who comes alongside the Holy Spirit. Since the Godhead is truly interconnected, I don't think it is a stretch at all to say that Jesus is revealed to us more and more by the Holy Spirit day by day if we will accept, reach out, and know that he is in us. The paraclete, the one who comes alongside, the Holy Spirit who comes to advocate, to help, and to intercede, who will convict of sin Give us boldness to share the gospel. Provide the right words in our times of need or perhaps persecution. And remind us, remind us of the words and the teachings of Jesus. Remind us of the words and the teachings of Jesus. And we have this incredible blessing as Christians to have the book, Words Inspired by the Holy Spirit. What a blessing. God is at work through the scriptures and we can see the truth there. We have the spirit to guide and direct and to remind us through the pages of scripture. We have not been left alone, most truly. Jesus lives. We are not orphaned. We are sons and daughters of the Most High and we have the Holy Spirit alongside us to help us along the way. God is with us. Amen.